Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm that one lingering hair underneath your chin, you know, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're shaving, and then you try and run over it with your electric razor like five times, and it's still there. It's fine, I guess. It's not fine. Me and Alex. And this week, we're talking about The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. That's one of the weirder ones I've done. <laughs> We've done some weird ones, but... Real men use machetes. That's, that's how that works. There you go. <laughs> so That's why I don't shave. <laughs> so we're finishing up the Peter Jackson Middle Earth movies. There's no more after this, correct, Tyler? Correct. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the We're also King. going to be going on a three-week uh, hiatus. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to doing, be doing Black Panther next week. We're going we're gonna to stop to pick that up, and then we're just going to take three weeks off. I don't know why. Maybe we'll hire some people to try and do some, I don't know, full, find something Lord of the Rings related to, to throw in here and, you know, to keep the lights on while we're gone. But yeah, we'll be gone for three weeks. So, Yep. Moving on. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, directed by Peter Jackson from 2003. It has a 93% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 86% audience score, hmm. which is the lowest yep. of the three for the audience score. And then the critic score is right in the middle. I love this movie. Same. And that was... yeah. I, there's There's been several different versions of this where, where I go into a movie and I'm like, oh, I, I enjoy this movie. It's fine. I'm sure yeah. I'll like it again. And then I, I it, my, my esteem for the movie drops. Mm-hmm. Staggeringly. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I, for, for the longest time, I've been like, yeah, Fellowship's my favorite. I really like all of them, but Fellowship's kind mm-hmm. of my favorite. I think Return of the King's my favorite. Yep. Same. <laughs> it's interesting because Two Towers was the only one of these three that... <laughs> spoilers. I'm just going to go ahead and give away give away my grade here. But um, Two Towers was the only one that I really even had to think about giving an A plus out of these three. Like, watching, watching Fellowship and this one, I was like, yep. Spectacular. Yep. Um, what is your best thing and your worst thing? I don't have a worst thing. I'm not even gonna. Not okay. even gonna attempt to. Okay. <laughs> um, it's amazing because this movie's over four hours. We're, we're talking about the extended edition, as co- of course. Um, yes. Over four hours. <laughs> Just like near there was some, near I thought, perfection. See, you could have said it's amazing. This movie was over eighteen years ago, or sorry, fifteen years ago. Yeah, it would be this one. And I thought that's where you're going with that as well. And that would also be an applicable statement because, wow. Didn't I point this out in our Matrix Revolutions episode? Like, that this came out the same year? Well, this one came out like a month after that. That's amazing. Um, this is so much better than that. My best thing about this movie is how cathartic it is. It's just, just there's so, it's all, the entire movie is just moments. Just excellent moments. Memorable character impact stuff and great action and just... It's so good. It's just so good. And they're like... There's just, I was talking about this while we were we were uh, watching it. How... It's amazing to me that we set up in the first one. We've got, oh yeah, Barmy. He's from, he's, he's from a, a human land down south. He's from some, some human nation we've never seen before. And... He dies protecting Pippin and Mar- and Mary, and it's like okay, you know, he kind of kind of had a nice last stand. And then, over the course of these two movies, and especially this movie, which really focuses on Gondor, 
we get all of this information that fleshes out where Baromugler is coming from and you know the the country that he came from and it ties back in because of the fact that Mary died or Mary the fact that Baromir died saving Pippin sorry uh, is why Pippin is now so tied up in the Gondor stuff because he pledges himself to Denethor in, in return for Baromir's service and, and, and protection and it's like it, it, it's just amazing that like you can tell that was planned out from the beginning and like obviously that goes back to Tolkien like you can tell that Tolkien like had that structure already set up but it's just amazing world building of how these these different aspects are brought into it and it just feels the world just feels so huge and majestic and just the fact that the themes of of just hope against all odds and in a, in a dark age it, it comes through so strongly it's just I talked about this in the first uh when we were talking about the first movie that I don't think modern fantasy as a genre understands what made this book these movies whichever one iteration you want to look at so good and like it's all about the characters it's, it's just it's it makes me happy <laughs> i've been saying that a lot for these where i'll just go on rambles and then just like stop and be like pretty good it's just so good it's just so good well i was having a hard time trying to figure out a worse thing mm -hmm. Um, so I'll have to, to to go into nitpick territory here for this extreme nitpick territory. Ex I don't, I don't know if it's extreme. I don't it's know. Extreme. Um, Denethor being set on fire and then running all the way to the edge of that 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 Neocrop, whatever it is, Neocrop. Yeah. Okay, at the uh, top of Minas Tirith, and then he's jumping off. That that's way more of a hey. There's a cool image we want over. I mean, okay, I know we're dealing with a fantasy story, but I feel like even within the rules of the universe, since, like, men tend to behave like just normal guys, like, I, I don't know, that that feels like the one bit that kind of takes me out of just, that's, I I know we're dealing with a far-fetched universe here, but even that, that's, that's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool image, I just, I, I think it's it's a little too far. Literally. Too far. It's a literally, literally too, far. too far. I don't buy him running that distance. <laughs> I feel like he would have made it like fifteen feet down that hallway, and then he would have just collapsed. Potentially. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he's got. A, he's got. I feel like the bigger issue would be his cardio. The man doesn't eat well. We, we've seen this. <laughs> he's, he's he's clearly up there in age, and but I, his cloak is nice. I feel like he'd be fine from the fire for a little while. He's got this massive cloak, and it's just very thick. Might be pretty warm, be pretty toasty. I think he'd be okay for a while. The problem, I think, would just be that that is a pretty long distance, and I, I don't know that he could sprint that far. I'm not gonna. They might I'm, I'm not debating the logistics of how they, they his, his coat would protect they him. Had, they might have had to cut uh, some scenes where he stopped for, to take some breaths, and Gandalf and Pippin are just kind of like staring out, like, uh, hey, <laughs> what you doing over there? Okay. That being said, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, we're not going to argue the details of that. Why not? Um, my, oh, hello, Pen. Uh, my favorite, uh, my best thing about this movie, it's it, it's pretty much like what you said. That there's just so many good cathartic moments, and I was just trying to rack my brain. What's the most powerful mm -hmm. one for me? And I think it's when Aragorn, it, it, 
he, they're standing at the black gate. Looks like he's being tempted by Sauron, like he's trying to get into his mind or something. Then he just turns yep. around and says to everyone, for Frodo. And then he charges, and then yep. Merry and Pippin charge, and then everybody else charges. And the, the Fellowship theme plays at, like, full max volume, and it's the most glorious thing ever. And I love it. The score in this movie is transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, like... It's, this is Howard Short, right? Correct. And and he's ju- he just has such a mastery of the different themes and when to pull them in and when to really lay into something and when to, to make something kind of this this graceful, uh, quiet background noise. Um, but there's also there's, key scenes where they just let it be yeah, quiet. Yeah, there's key scenes of just silence or there's key scenes of no one talking and there's just music playing. Yeah. Um, which kind of ties in the fact that I also think this is, of the three... Definitely Peter Jackson's best directing. Uh, what do you what do you want to call it? Performance, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, His best directorial effort. Yeah, yeah. It's there's just so many really creative framings and and like scenes and, and ways that he plays scenes to really hit emotion. He gets to use a lot of his horror movie bona fides. Mm-hmm. And and you know really play up some some really terrifying stuff, uh, just in terms of like oh god that that. But one thing I was comparing it to was uh, Sam Raimi because they come from very mm-hmm. similar like splatterhouse like over the top ridiculous kind of horror. Right. Um, but I feel like that kind of thing works better for Lord of the Rings than it did for Spider Man. Yep. Like all, all the the stuff with Shelob, like it's genuinely terrifying, but it still fits the the universe mm-hmm. and like everything with Gollum. Um, and then just cut to Dr. Octopus's arms brutally killing all those people in the hospital mm-hmm. in Spider-Man 2. I'm like, this doesn't fit this movie then, at all. And then the next time he shows up, he's... Or maybe not quite the next time, but not long after that, he shows up robbing a bank as, like, a very stereotypical, like, villain. Yeah. Like, it's just sort of like, I don't know about this. Not to bash the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies any more than I have. <laughs> that was just a weird connection that I made. Peter Jackson, like, I don't know what happened after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just don't like big, big monster movies in general. I, you were I, talking about King Kong. I have mixed feelings on King Kong. Okay. I, 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 I do like more of it than I don't. Okay. Um. That's that's a movie that's way too long. Yep. It is needlessly long. That movie should be two hours, not three. <laughs> that's all he knows how to do after all, these movies. All he, knows how to, he doesn't know how to edit down anything. Yeah. Um, which Just is weird. Spoiled him with these. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the Hobbit movies we will unfortunately get into. Um, sure. That's a whole other story. Though. Now, one thing I addressed... Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of other factors involved mm. with that, like Warner Brothers being the worst. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I kind of harped on with the, with Two Towers last week was that I felt that a lot of the extended edition stuff mm-hmm. actually messed with the pacing and kind of brought it down a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that way with this one right. very much. Because um, I, I was trying to think of key scenes where I'm like, oh, we don't we didn't we don't need that that kind of mm-hmm. I don't know if that that ruins something here or there. Um, the only one I could think of, and it's not a problem, I think. It's just kind of what you'd prefer. Yeah. Um, is th- there's more stuff with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli talking to the ghosts and trying mm-hmm. to get them to fight um, and defend Gondor. Right. Um, 
and in the theatrical cut, it just cuts on, on like a cliffhanger yeah. where he goes, what say you? And then it cuts, and then we don't see them again until they show up on the boats, mm-hmm. and the, there's the whole fake out there. Um, whereas in the extended cut, there's a whole thing where the ghosts laugh at them, disappear, then there's a whole bunch of, of skulls that just engulf them yep. and force them out of the cave, and then they see all the pirate sheep, ships, and then... Um, uh, Aragorn's just like, no, we failed, and he dramatically like drops to the ground, and mm-hmm. he doesn't break his foot this time, which is good. Sure. Um, and and <laughs> just kicks a rock, <laughs> and then the ghost comes out, and he's like, all right, we'll fight. Yep. And then there's an extra scene of them actually taking out the pirates. Yeah, not really necessary. It's it's, neat, it, it, it's there's neat stuff in there, but it it hurts the suspense for yep. me because it's nice to be like this cliffhanger of like, oh, what happened. Mm. And then they show back up, and you're like, oh, I guess they didn't get the ghosts. And then the ghosts show up. Yep. As opposed to, oh, we know the ghosts are going to help. Okay. Yep. But then we don't get that good moment where Aragorn thinks he failed, and he yep. just kind of drops and is super depressed. I don't know. It's a give and take. Mm-hmm. There's there's pros and cons to each one. Mm-hmm. No, there's no cons. This movie's perfection, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where, where, where should we really... Uh, get started here. There's so much movie. There's so much movie. <laughs> get started There's on. so much movie. <clears throat> I don't know. What are you feeling? I kind of want to just talk action sequences. Yep. They still hold up. We could, they they are so amazing. I mentioned... And I know we love Helm's Deep. I kind of think oh, all the Minister stuff... It's it's. Is, a, I think overall it's a, a better sequence um not because there's anything wrong with helm's deep but just because this is there's more of it and it's more epic yeah. it's a grander scale it's still it has some more of the the so it, ha, it really has the best character payoffs mm-hmm. of any of these battles which i mean it should it's a third movie. logically it should yeah. um helm's deep is just sort of supposed to be the moment in the franchise or the the series it feels it feels wrong to call this a franchise because it's it's not really about it's about the overall anyway, um, but it, it's supposed to be the mo- point in the story I'll say when the characters realize that maybe they can they can still do this like they're like we can keep fighting we, yeah. we, we think we have hope where this is like now it's the characters actually triumphing so we get we get the wonderful Aowen. Uh, Pippin moment where they they tag team the you Witch mean King, the, the Aowen Mary moment. All oh, right, it's not. Yeah, you're right. Okay, come on. I don't. They're the, they're all the Aren't, same. Are you a real <laughs> fan? I'm a Hobbitist. <laughs> they all look the same to me. <laughs> Aowen gets her 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 fun payoff of I am no man. Yes, and and they they take out the Witch she King. Stabs and him in the face. Yeah. Um. And and. There's... The Aragorn Aowen stuff still bothered me a little bit in this one, but <laughs> there, there's too much good payoff with, with her on the yeah. on the other side with the stuff I um, do like. There's there's the the great uh, moment with Legolas, of course, taking down the uh, the Oliphant. Some people would probably point to as being too ridiculous. I say those people are incorrect because um, th- well, that's... okay, like like I said in the last one, because because we started discussing this uh, mm-hmm. of, of the superherofication of of Legolas. Yeah. Um, where he starts in be, the Hobbit movies. In, well, in the Hobbit movies, that's where it just uh, it becomes a huge problem. But but here, as opposed to what I'm talking about mm. with Denethor, we know what the limitations of humans are. They're just yeah. normal humans. So I find that ridiculous. However, we have been shown that Legolas can do extraordinary things because he's yes. just got this amazing sense of balance and agility. Mm. So I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Plus, it gets the best response ever when Gimli says that only yeah. that still only counts as one. 
Yeah, that's that's specifically what I'm talking about. Is him taking out the Oliphant, and then the, that's the payoff to the sort of the entire count. Uh, yeah, through line that we've had since the last movie, where now the, the he takes down the the giant elephant, and takes down all the people on it, and then Gimli's like, "Well, it still only counts as one," and it's it's just. <clears throat> And then at the end, when he's like, "I never thought I'd die fighting side by side yep. with a, side by side with an elf." What about side by side with a friend? Yep. I I could do that. It's great. We get two. I in, like these people. We get two incredible rallying speeches mm-hmm. uh, in this movie, and neither of them. Well, I guess specifically, I should say the second one doesn't feel like out of place or or overdone. It doesn't feel like we're repeating the same, retreading the same ground. It, it's two entirely different sort of contexts and, and we the speeches before big battles are, are very difficult to get right yes um this movie doesn't or this this series does it like four times <laughs> yeah because i know we've discussed it before like i uh, um what's her name in, in rogue one the main girl in rogue one i don't remember her name um <laughs> I think that's a problem. I think that points to some of the flaws with Rogue One. Um, Jin Urso. Felicity Jones. Jin Urso. I remember I the person. You remember the character. Is that a, is that a problem? We, <laughs> well, never, we never get the characters. We never get the actress's name in the movie, so... I mean, the credits. I, no one pays attention to the credits. I don't, okay. <laughs> but her speech... You're not that, a person. <laughs> You're not people. <laughs> I'm just a voice you're hearing on your phone or computer right now. Continue. Um, but her speech in there is kind of lame and uninspired, and then I don't like know. I kind of like that. I well, like that speech. Then, well, I'm, I feel like that's a continues. Well, and then also at World's End, like a uh, Kira Knightley speech, like it's nice. Yeah, but it's just kind of that. That would fe- I feel is a better example. Yeah, it's a little forced. Yeah, yeah. Whereas both of these, I f- I feel I'm I'm yeah. with them. Helps that. The series. I'm the sexist. Ca- I don't like female sure. giving speeches. Sure. That's the only reason. That's why. that's why you did. I mean, you you gave two examples. In both. <laughs> I'm just, leave that out there. Um, the the cast of this series, man. Yep. It's just top to bottom, like perfect. Agreed. <laughs> I, mean, I just. Cause that's what I'm saying. It's like they deliver those so well and so impactful. It's just so good. Um, do we want to talk about the hobbits in this role in this? I feel like we didn't talk about the. Uh, what have you the, done? The, the mic fell. Apologies. We're all good. We're good. We're professionals here. You thought we, not, we didn't talk that much about the action sequences, though. I guess not. There's just two, uh, every every good thing we mentioned in this movie makes me want to talk about another good thing in this movie. Um, well, uh, just because I, I think these the action sequences in this work just because there's such a huge variety of them mm-hmm. because it starts with um, uh, Osgiliath where Faramir and his men are trying to escape and it's like oh we're being overrun where you gotta run where we're escaping yeah. so you got that sequence then you got the the, the tower defense type stuff with Minas Tirith. Yep. And then the orcs start to break in, and you got the towers and all, all, all that of stuff that stuff battering around. When they're, when they're attacking Minas Tirith, should not look nearly as good as it does. Nope. It shouldn't have looked as good then, and it shouldn't still look that good now. Um, it's just amazing. And it goes on for a while as far as them just like slinging catapults and rocks and stuff, and they start like chucking pieces of the, the 
the tower back yeah. at the orcs. And yeah. it's, it's just amazing. And then, of course, you got you got the Rohirrim showing up and yep. the epic charge on horseback. Yep. And then the elephants show up. Mm. Like there's, there's such it's constantly changing. Yeah. Which which makes it it's it doesn't feel as long because it's constantly changing. Right. And we're seeing all of these storylines. Yeah. Come together. And then, of course, when the, when they go to the Black Gate and stuff, it's like oh, we just got to hold them off <laughs> for yep. as long as possible. Yeah. Um, well, the Black Gate's not near. The focus is not nearly as much on. Oh yeah, here's like we're we're doing you know all this awesome action sequences. Like this isn't the spectacle anymore. This is now like they're they're pretty clearly overwhelmed and they're just trying to hold the day for as long as possible because yeah we we're really focused on the further stuff yeah um, but yeah Minas Tirith it's just a showcase for them to just do so much. Mm-hmm. Everything with the Oliphants is amazing. They still look amazing, and then just, there's just so much like ridiculous like deaths and everything that just it. I don't know. It's just it's just good. And it, then the Witch King shows up, and he takes the wizard staff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Breaks the wizard staff. Breaks yep. the wizard staff. Excuse um, me. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I don't know. I feel. I do feel like maybe it's because of Peter Jackson's background. I don't really know anything beyond these three movies the hobbit movies that don't exist and uh the king kong movie he did uh, so i don't know anything about like his prior portfolio but i feel like it must be that must be an influence in the fact that he is always very cognizant of of making you feel the impact of battle sequences by making you feel the impact and well making you see uh very individual deaths and i kind of talked about this in the last one last podcast but this one especially, there's a ton of like little details where instead of just like, oh the elephants, they're they're running through and they're stomping and they're we're, it's just kind of generically happening in the background somewhere. We're not really like sure, you know, it's it's just background noise and we've got we're following a few of the Rohirrim and they're riding around, but we're not going to focus it. This one, it's like <laughs> these elephants kill people in about like fifty different ways as far as like they're stomping on on uh, Rohirrim, they're stomping on their horses and they're knocking them into the air and like it's always there's there's a great moment as well in the actual battle of like when they're still fighting around the tower where one of the, the Nazgul I think it is throws I think that's what happens is the Nazgul throws a bunch of people off yeah it grabs like five or six people and throws them yeah. like over the the like lower levels of the tower and you if you watch them all the way down because the scene lingers you watch them all the way down one of them literally bounces off a roof like at the very bottom and you can see the minute details of that happening and they're just so he, he makes he does such a good job making you feel the individual characters even or individual uh, uh, uh emotions i guess and terrors of the soldiers involved in these right epic large scale larger than life battles because we get those those individual focuses on characters that we don't necessarily know but I feel like that does a really good job of, of getting us into the shoes of people, the people fighting in the battles, um, without necessarily us having to focus that much on the, um, the people on, on the ground level, I guess, whenever we're not in a battle sequence. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I feel like all, uh, and another thing that helps with, with the action sequences is that they're, they're willing to show a little gore, mm-hmm. um, they're not mm-hmm. super clean, um, even if the orcs are bleeding. Like I guess their blood is black. Yeah, 
Like they, they got oh, the, they, they got the they got blood on the swords. Always have blood on them after they're using them. Um, and there's not like tons of bleeding on on in terms of like the human characters, but you do see blood like that. Yeah. That that helps sells it a little a little dirt on their faces, yep. a little blood, some cuts, things yeah, like that. There's help a ton to of sell it. brutality done towards orcs where they'll get their heads cut off or they'll get arms chopped off and like yeah. all sorts of stuff will happen like that. Like that, um, it feels real. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say as well the the dirt makeup and the continuity of like the how like especially Frodo and Sam over the course of these movies where they slowly just by the end of this one they're basically just caked in mud and like. Well, my favorite detail is is around Frodo's yep. neck. You can see how the the chain holding the mm-hmm. ring has been weighing down on him, and it's like cutting into his skin. Yep. They also show the uh, the um, injury he got from Weathertop yeah. when he uh, is like shirtless after they've they've captured him after the whole Shelob encounter. Yeah. And you see like the it, it looks freaky and weird. It's like on his chest, and it looks like I don't know. It it does not look natural. Um, yeah, I'm waiting just, for a chest burster to just pop out of it. I, I, this is the greatest production value of anything I've ever seen, and I probably anything we ever will see. I feel like, like I think that's, I did, I don't think it's better than this. Just the amount of detail that went into every single element of this movie is staggering. I, I have, I have to ask the question. What's better, this? Or Avengers Infinity War. What What are we... This movie, specifically? Yes. Quit messing with that. It's picking up on the, the mic. It's an Easter egg. Oh my god, you broke it <laughs> in five pieces. Um, the... I don't know. I feel like that's kind of unfair, an unfair comparison, because Infinity War is really in the Two Towers and or Fellowship role of its storyline. So, I only asked because you said you thought that was your favorite movie a couple days ago. It could be. It might be. And then, like this movie, you're like, it's this utter movie perfection. Is also, I haven't seen this movie in quite a, Return of the King specifically in quite a while. I've seen Fellowship a bunch there, of times. There's been a couple times when I've tried to marathon these, and I get through the first two, I'm like, oh, that was so long. And then Return of the King, <laughs> oh, God, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. As um, much as I love this movie, it's just... Well, that's the thing, is that if they ever try and play these on TV back to back to back... By the time you get to Return of the King, it's like midnight. Yeah. No matter when they start it. So, yeah. Um, man. I don't know. That'd be, that's, this movie is definitely in my top ten, probably top five, if we're breaking them up individually. Yeah. Like, we're not doing the Lord of the Rings as a whole, which is, I think, almost unfair at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Think. I feel like you can make arguments either way for it. I'll have to think about that. But, um, pretty good pretty good do, do we want to talk about the opening golem scene yeah sure and how it was the most terrifying thing i'd ever <laughs> seen when i saw this in the theater uh-huh. by the way seeing this in the theater at at, at a very young age it was it, it was glorious yeah. yeah i think by the time i first watched it when so this is 2003 i yeah i think by the time i first watched these they had already been out mm-hmm because I don't think I actually like I they, they were on my the, the sphere of my uh, my knowledge I guess for like ten year old me or whatever, but I feel like uh, when I first saw Fellowship for the first time and, and someone 
his watching with him. He's like, oh yeah, you know, this, this, this is the difference between the, the, the movie and the books and there's all this stuff and like it's, it's slowly introduced me to that world. I, then I went to, to go read the books. But yeah, I don't. I think I missed missed out on the chance to do that. Did they do marathons of this for The Hobbit? Do you think? I have no idea. I would assume so. It'd be worth it just to go watch the, the three movies and, I, and then not actually watch The Hobbit. I did go to a Fathom Events thing back in like... 2009 2010 Hmm. like they had different screenings like every couple weeks for each of the extended editions in the Hmm. theater that was yeah that was something because i i hadn't seen the extended editions at that point ah so i got to see them in the theater (laughs) the way you get introduced to certain things is always fascinating to me because there are some things where you just like have no context for what you're getting into and then you're just like ah this is great pretty good (laughs) but anyways the golem scene i i think it's just great because the whole thing what are you doing continue he he's just continually grabbing things on his table next to the chair and he's just fiddling with them until until i point it out then he'll grab the next thing nobody appreciates that (laughs) i appreciate it we're not making this for you. We're making this for them. <laughs> Continue. At least I thought. <laughs> oh my god! I can't make noise of this. Very sad. All right, thank you, Bob. <laughs> but then the best thing about the golem scene is they don't do CGI golem throughout it. Like yeah. they slowly they they use more and more makeup. I think they u- use some digital effects to like enhance his eyes mm. towards towards the end of that sequence, but man, they just wanted to go fishing. Yep. And that ring just had to ruin it. And it's just such an interesting thing to get that that hindsight and that backstory from this movie, yeah, as opposed to dumping it all in the first movie or which is when it comes in the books um and then also in the second movie like that also since that was a lot of that was where we get introduced to Gollum that also would have been a logical place but here it's such an interesting place because we get to take a break from everything and kind of reset yeah where it's like if you you know you watch the last movie and everything's gone crazy and like you know just following the adrenaline of Helm's Deep and Isengard falling and you know, Frodo and Sam are on their way to Mordor with Gollum and it's just nice to in the same way that they did with Gandalf in the last movie with the Gandalf falling through Moria it's nice to get a break and just like spend some time exploring an aspect of this world that is some information that would be nice for you to, to know yeah but didn't necessarily need to come up before now yeah I know I feel like it's it, it's a really great uh, mechanic for easing people in plus it gives Andy Serkis an excuse to not be in a mocap suit so that's sure. nice yeah. <laughs> and still be terrifying. And still be terrifying. Um, I guess, geez, we'll be talking about him for the next couple of weeks, won't we? Yep. <laughs> He's great in everything. Uh-huh. I love Andy Serkis. <laughs> Is he in the second and third Hobbits at all? I don't think so. Okay. Or at least not as Gollum. Maybe right. he's, he plays somebody else. I don't know. Probably does. Um... I know he helped do assistant directing for at least the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, what a disaster. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I guess we, we, maybe we should talk about Sam. Because Sam's sort of the... 
I don't know. Emotional core of the movie. The emotional core of the movie, I guess. It really, it really steps up. Sam's my favorite character, I think. Okay. By far. In this franchise. Um, I don't think I have a favorite character. I think I just love them all. <laughs> Sam specifically, just like... Because I feel like he embodies... Even Aowen. Even Aowen. Love them all. Sure, sure. He's, he's Flaws <laughs> and all. <laughs> he's not necessarily like... He's not... Re- I feel like he embodies the, the fact that the Hobbits are, are just this very like... Almost bumbling sort of quiet folk who... Yeah. They're simple. Yeah, simple. Yeah, and and so I feel like he embodies that even more so than Frodo in the fact that he like is such a, a stalwart companion for Frodo the entire time, and he gets so many incredible lines. And well, it's it's clear from the get go that that Frodo is a little bit more keen on adventure than Sam is. Yeah, yeah. but Sam refuses to let Sam just kind of wants to chill, garden a little bit, yeah. and and ask Rosie out eventually. Yes, <laughs> maybe never. <laughs> That would have been the worst if they come back to the Shire and she's like already married to some other guy. <laughs> That's depressing. And then we just get scenes of him looking at crab meat. <laughs> but it's it's just so heartbreaking to see see Gollum manipulate Frodo and then yep. he he ha- he sends Sam away. Like that's that's all heartbreaking. And then and then Sam comes back anyway. Yeah, and then he comes back anyway because that's what friends do. Yeah. And then he takes out Shelob and it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And just the scene where he's he's taken on the orcs on the stairs mm-hmm. and he takes them all out. That's from my old gaffer. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's oh, so good. Pretty great. Mm, carries Ferdo up the mountain. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> Should Sam have tried to push Frodo in the fire when he saw <laughs> when he saw that Frodo was not going to drop the ring? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's not in character. I'm not saying that it would be in character to do that. I'm just saying that probably would have been the, the smart play. <laughs> he just runs, tackles him in. They both die. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and they both do the thumbs up like Arnold does at the end of T2. <laughs> And little little Edward Furlong just stopped there. Don't go. It'll be fine. Just don't don't and leave. I remember on the last podcast, were we talking about the uh, the Arrested Development style uh, narration that I wanted to add over some of this? I I can't remember if we. Mentioned I don't that. think I mentioned because I know there was a moment in uh, there's a moment in Two Towers where where Frodo is like, I think there's some good in, good in him yet, Sam. And then I just wanted to cut and be like, there wasn't. And then, ah! And just like him, him drowning in the lava. And like, or him biting off Frodo's yeah, finger. <laughs> I just, I love how violent these movies they can really get. They really are. But not not just for violence sake. It's to, it's the, not gratuitous. No, no, it's, there's consequences to the violence. It's not gratuitous. It's realistic in the sense that it makes it feel grounded in a universe with giant elephants yes. and elves. And Plus a certain amount of violence and having consequences of that violence that helps to really flesh out the stakes. Right. We need stakes in movies <laughs> to care. Yep. That's yeah. what I was saying about, about the individual deaths, how it very spe- the movies very specifically just have moments where you see someone die horribly because we need to, to feel like it's real. We don't need to feel like we're just seeing a bunch of CGI 
soldiers beating up yeah. on each other. Even like Theoden, he gets picked up by one of those dragon things yep. and just gets thrown around like yep. a rag doll. And then dies because a horse lands on him. And then you, him. you see you see Eowyn watching. She's just she's got just, just this <laughs> utter look of horror yeah. on her face. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just thinking of like uh, Doc Brown from when uh, what's what's the best his best reaction moment in Back to the Future where. I guess with the part where like the 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 cord breaks or something yeah. like that, and he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, um, oh, it's great. Everybody gets their moments to shine. Aowen gets Faramir, so that's nice. Yeah, consolation prize. Consolation prize. <laughs> I really wanted Faramir's like, I'm okay with this turn of events. <laughs> my life is so much better than it was than it was when my dad was alive. <laughs> I really wanted that moment where Aragorn's having his coronation, then he walks by everyone, and he sees that Faramir and Eowyn are together, and he's like, Oh, Eowyn, that's great, good for you. And then he brings Faramir over to the side, and he's like shaking his hand. And he's like, thank you for this. <laughs> he slips some money. He's like, thanks, thanks for it. I saw her blog post. She was trying to start a fan site about me. Thanks. Lord. <laughs> I know. I, I I do appreciate that they have the scene where he's just like, you what you like about me is not real. Like you're yeah. chasing a shadow. Yep. You're chasing something, a figment of your imagination. Like you, you're you're putting me on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Even though he's kind of that. Even though he's kind of that. <laughs> but he would never say that. But he would never is... say that because Aragorn's he's yeah. he's a good guy. He'll run charge into an army by himself. I feel like fifty percent of the dialogue in this movie is incredible. It's just like super memorable, incredible lines. It's probably exaggerating, but like, there's just so much. My favorite bit is when they're taking out the elephants, and Paige and just goes, "Bring it down! Bring it down! Bring it down!" <laughs> oh yeah, the, and just the fact because like obviously Legolas takes down one of those, and like yeah, going back to the action in that scene where where. They they start they see the oliphants coming right the Rohirrim do yeah. they've kind of routed the orcs and they're and then they're just like I don't know let's just try some, something out everybody line up line <laughs> up we'll like, charge them again like, go for it I don't know what's happening and then like it looks like they're just getting horribly massacred but then they start to pull it together and start yeah. to like actually take them down with like bows and arrows and like cutting well, off well, cutting out their well their even the bit and... where Aowen she's got the, yeah, the two exactly. swords and she's sw- slicing their their legs it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she like slices their legs and then they stand up and then they shoot them and like it's it's great. All right, I, I know we're jumping around a lot, but that's what happens when we're, we watch a four-hour movie. That's what, what happens when we watch a four-hour movie and we're excited about almost every yeah. minute of it. <laughs> Let's talk about probably the biggest change that the extended cut offers, and that's yes. the Saruman stuff. Sure. Um, so Saruman's actually in this cut. If yes. you haven't seen it. Uh, he's not in the theatrical cut. They're just like Saruman's in his tower. It's fine. Yeah. We won't kind of deal odd. with him. Yeah. It... Oh, hey, his his little orb, um, prophecy eye thing is just in the water. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Whereas with this one, it's 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 great because he falls from the tower. He he is brutally well, he impaled has, he has on like a, a wheel. He has a full scene where he's trolling all of them. Yes. And then Grima just shows up and stabs him in and the back. And then shoots Grima <laughs> and it's just like, what's happening? Yeah, and then he falls to his already dead but then like more dead. Um, and yeah, it's and that that's a very haunting shot of him the wheel slowly spinning him under the water. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing I, I, I should mention this probably the fact that 
the the book has Soramon go back to the Shire. This is what Frodo's vision in Lothlorien in the first movie is about when he's he's Kate Blanchett is showing him um Galadriel showing him the the visions and he's seeing like the Shire on fire and flames and and it's like the the idea in the book is that uh Soramon after Isengard is sort of overthrown, Sormon and Grima escape and then go back to the Shire. And I, it's been a while since I've read it, but basically they like start enslaving the hobbits and like it's it's a whole thing. And then I believe it still ends with Grima backstabbing uh, Sormon. But yeah, uh, that's that's a whole thing which would not have had any place in this, I think, because of the pacing. Again, kind of going back to the fact that in the first one they cut out so much of the the early stuff where the the plot is not does not have much momentum yeah it's very well, much like we don't need all of that plus just the way they set it up it doesn't make any sense for saruman to escape yes like he's surrounded yeah. by water and there's yeah tree beard and all the other the the trees the ants yeah they're they're, they're um, guarding it and you just i don't think the the emotional impact of the the finale would be nearly as as strong if it was no. like Oh yeah, Soramon. Like if they if they had a line about oh yeah, Soramon escaped. It, it would wonder feel where like, he's going, and it then would it's feel like, like a complete afterthought because yeah. like they but they won. Yeah, they yeah. won. Why? Are, yeah. Why? Are, yeah. why I know this movie's already go, got like fifty <laughs> false endings, but why do we exactly. don't need that too? We don't need more. We don't yeah. need an extra action sequence. Yeah. One thing to do do that in a book where a book can be a lot more sprawling and kind of take its time a little bit more. Movies you you've got to keep up the, the pacing. And, yeah. Um, and that's one thing um, I mentioned this that that I think all the extended cuts or the extended parts uh, don't really hurt the movie mm -hmm. at all uh, versus the second one where uh, I think the reason for this is and why I feel like the pacing in the second one is hurt, hurt so much is for the second one for the first half to two thirds there's no we're not building toward anything it's not really until we get to Theta and it's like oh we need to go to Helm's Deep that that we the the ball really starts rolling and it's like oh now the tension starts building up but before then it's just kind of like everybody's just doing their thing it's fine um as opposed to this one where it's just like oh no this is the final battle we we got to get to ministerith like this is the end so from like the get-go it's it's mm. constantly mounting tension so all the additions just help to to build yeah. with that as opposed to the second where it's just like what what are we building to? Can we can we get a move on here? Yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel about it anyway. It just occurred to me, The Last Jedi has a lot in common with the two towers. That could explain a lot. Which like the structure of this and the structure of these two movies, I think, tells a lot about where they this is completely unrelated, but I just wanted to mention So episode nine is gonna be the greatest movie ever. You would hope. I don't know. Well I don't think either of us think that Force Awakens and The Last Jedi together are like both. Side note, this will date the podcast because we always do that. Sure. Uh, we just saw Solo. Solo is actually a surprise. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Sure. Yeah. I liked it more than Last Jedi, and I, I, I think I liked it more than Rogue One. Okay. Um. Random plug. Random plug. <laughs> we'll get. We'll go. Get... Go watch Solo because apparently people aren't watching it. We'll get there in a couple. Of I liked it more than Deadpool too. Agreed. We'll get there in a couple. We have a lot of movies to get to soon because of all these franchises. Quit making things. sequels. <laughs> just, uh, just make new things. That way we don't have to keep talking about this stuff. <laughs> At least until you hit three movies, and then you got to start over. Yeah. Um, just make two. Make two of everything, and then we'll make good. two. Um, See, that's what GI Joe did so well. <laughs> <laughs> they spared us. They spared us. 
Oh lord. Um, anyway, no, I was gonna say just the fact that Two Towers it splits it splits up all of the characters. Yeah. In large part, not entirely, but for the most part, yeah. splits off a lot of characters. There's a lot of new characters introduced that are added on to these these various plot lines. Yeah. Um. That's weird. Because there's basically three there's basically three plot lines in Two Towers. Yeah. Um, Frodo and Sam. Well, they get Gollum and they get Faramir, but mostly Gollum. Yeah. And then the Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas all get the Rohirrim. And then uh, Pippin and Merry get Treebeard. Yeah. They all get extra characters to bounce off of and yep. have different ideas and, and do some more world building. Yep. And it all ends... The, the climactic finale is a standoff in a, like, entrenched fortress where the uh, the last of the, the kind of quote-unquote rebellion, I guess, has run to, has fled yeah. to, to try and hold it off. That's weird. Very strange. That just occurred to me. And I... The reason it works here, for me, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Disney Star Wars movies, is comparing Fellowship to, to Force Awakens sure. and how that feeds into the sequel. We get a lot more time for the characters to interact yep, and to, and to really form bonds. Uh-huh. And then, in the second movie, it's not that we're splitting up individual characters it's well, we yeah, happening in groups that way they're still interacting yeah. together in their small groups which is sort of by default because and then they interact with new characters yeah, which is it's, of... it's not exactly. we're taking all of the we're taking the few new characters that we have and we're splitting them up even like into well individual stories yeah and that's sort of by default because there's like three new characters that yeah. we're focusing on as opposed to eight here that yes. we can kind of focus on as we split them up um yeah it's interesting by the way, if you're making the hundred and seven thousand uh, video essay on why this why the Last Jedi is the worst movie ever, <laughs> can can you look at all the previous thousands of people that have already made them and go? Maybe I don't need to put my thoughts Maybe out there. Maybe it's been said. Maybe it's been which said. Which is very rich for us to say, having just released a, a movie or a review on the Last Jedi and making. But it we had a differing opinion, true. for the most part, from from these these people who just keep saying it's the worst thing over right. and over and over and over again. Right. I have no idea what the 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 current fan reception of Solo is, which fascinates me because that we've discussed millions of times how the Star Wars franchise is just like the worst thing ever well yes but just the fact or it's fan base is the worst thing ever sometimes i don't know just the fact of the fan base like we have no idea how they're going to receive something a lot of the time if you consider yourself a true star wars fan you should be ashamed of yourself because <laughs> odds are you're a terrible person <laughs> that's not true that's it's, not true. it's the opposite of trying to like gatekeep for like a yeah a particular franchise like oh you're only a true fan if you like this and it's like star wars actually you uh I'm turning on the gatekeepers. Who watches the Watchmen? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Anyway, St- Lord of the Rings, The Last Jedi. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked about Aragorn very much. He's got a big sword. He, yeah. He does. Apparently, he couldn't even, uh, like,. Uh, there's something like he is it's so long he couldn't just stand with it like in the yeah. sheath on his belt because uh-huh. it was so long it would just drag on the ground uh-huh. so you never actually see it like in the sheath like hooked on his belt see i think they do it a few times but it's like hoisted up okay it's like yeah. up towards like his his like stomach almost okay. like where the pommel is yeah um funny yeah 
he I mean he doesn't because he is aside from the the stuff with the the ghost people he disappears for a while yeah after that and so then he shows back up it's weird because I feel like that should be a problem especially because the movie's called the return of the king but it's not a problem well it's called the return of the king and it's entirely about the reaction of people knowing that the king is going to return mm. rather than necessarily being oh the king is returning and then of course it does turn into the king is returning but like and that turns into like the entire movie is about the fact that Aragorn is back yeah um or the 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 line of of Gondor is back uh, the kings of Gondor is back I should say and the fact that like because that's leads to him challenging Sauron and now he is like the leader of the free people sort of because now he is the king once they defeat Sauron and yeah it's it's all that yep there's also the odd scene where um are they called palantirs is that palantir palantir okay I was close um gotta give me points there um, he goes to, and I, I don't know if it, if it's supposed to be like Denethor had one or if it's, yeah. if it's the one that Gandalf got from, from Isengard, hmm. but he goes and he confronts it cause he's trying to bait, um, Sauron, Sauron into, in, into sending yeah. all of his forces to the black gate and it seems to kind of work, but then he starts showing images of Arwen like, Oh, she's going to yeah. die. Ha ha yeah. ha. I'm trolling you. <laughs> and then he drops the, the Palantir and then he drops the necklace yeah. and it shatters then it just cuts to them marching to, to Mordor. Right, which is an extended scene, right? Yes, that's extended. Yeah. Probably could have left that one out. <laughs> I don't get the point of it. I don't know. I don't know. Feels like the movie like isn't confident that we care enough about the Arwen and Aragorn stuff. It's like, no, we, we get it. We're good. Moving along. Yeah. Which is probably why it was cut in the theatrical. Yeah, I, I like I like when, when she's being taken away to the to the Grey Havens or whatever and she sees the the vision of her son yep. and stuff. I kind of thought it would be funny if in that vision Eowyn just walks out and it's like, no, it ain't yours. <laughs> the fangirl got what she wanted after all. <laughs> she was a skater boy. She said she had a later boy. She wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> now I want Weird Al Yankovic to do a, a version of Skater Boy, but it's with nope. Aragorn, Arwen, and Eowyn. I'm putting my foot down. No, I don't want it. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I think you do. Anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm glad we just came up with that. Well, it's just weird. I, have a, I know what the title would be, and I don't... Uh, I, oh, I you don't gotta to, do it now to for through. the audience, not it's, for me. It's, it's, I'll close them. I'll, I'll cover my ears <laughs> if you want. It's, it's Ranger Boy is, what, is where we go. It's just, God. We got it. I hate this planet. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Thank you, America. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> That's anyway. beautiful. That was good. Anyway. That was wonderful. Anyway. Oh, Aragorn. Thank you Tell for that. Tell me about him. Thank you for that. Tell me about him. Well, it's just nice because we forget about Arwen for such a long time, um, and then he like he has his little coronation. It's like yeah, and he's walking around and he's yep. smiling and everything, and then she just shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's it's delightful. Mm -hmm. And then they just go on for like a full out mate, or you yep. know, a full on makeout session, mm -hmm. and everybody's just like woo. That and whole like, scene we were just talking about earlier about how the they they have some dialogue, no non dialogue scenes. Yeah, that whole scene. There's like it's it's he he's like, hey, I'm your king now, basically. Um, like like Gandalf announces him and everything. 
and then it's just him going and looking at everyone like like yeah meeting with everyone without saying a word for a good minute or two it's kind of weird that he sings in front of everyone and i, I don't know what to make of that it's kind of weird doing some singing what about the people at the far end and they're like what's he doing <laughs> i can kind of see they're his peasants mouth. it doesn't matter i can, can kind of see his mouth moving. What's, what's, what's he doing um but then yeah he walks around to everyone he's singing somebody should get him a microphone the... if he's singing we should all hear that <laughs> he's got the voice of an angel <laughs> of course he does it's Aragorn he sings ranger boy god <laughs> 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 and they just dub it with Avril Lavigne oh yeah anyway um yeah and then the next thing he says he, he sees the hobbits and the hobbits all bow and then he's like you bow to no man and it's like Well, so it's just, just well, so that, that's that's just really amazing and, and it's one of those things where it's like you start to think about the connections and the, the threads through the other movies and that's that's when it starts really welling up the emotions yep. it's like he's the one that found them kind of first he found yep. all four of them yep. and then he helped he helped get them all to rivendell safely and it's, well it's it's it's, it's and, the reason why like when um frodo's in bed and everyone's like showing up like which is a little cheesy sure. but but it's it's earned it's, yeah we earned say, that totally worth it um because Gimli and Legolas both show up, and of course Pippin and Merry are there, and he's sitting inside of them. <laughs> he says everyone's name as they come in, and then Legolas, he's just like, I'll kind of smile. I, I like to imagine that he forgot Legolas's name, and he's just like, you, you came. And he's just like, thanks. Will Turner? <laughs> Bootstrap Bill. Uh, the, Johnny Depp. <laughs> and then, but yeah, um, Aragorn shows up, and, and the the Elijah Wood, like the way he plays that scene is just so great as far as like, yeah the emotion that he has where he's like it's Eric like he's 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 coming to his own and he's kingly yeah. and Aragorn's armor looks great by the way when he's wearing like the the Gondor armor at the end oh, he's got the, it's, the it's nice got the tree, tree design yeah. yeah um it's awesome but then but then at the end of that scene it's just Sam walking walking around the corner and it's yep. just like yep we did it <laughs> Sam should have walked him and said man you almost messed up so bad. You should have just dropped it. <laughs> Slaps him in the face. Gollum hit me in the back of the head with a rock, man. <laughs> Some crazy See, stuff. See, if you had dropped the ring, then he would have stopped attacking us. Yep. <laughs> There's just... There are so many memorable moments in this movie. Like... The scene where they're 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 lighting the torches mm -hmm. to to send the signal all the way to to um, like a three to, minute sequence to Rohan to yeah. be like the beacons are lit come help us come help yeah. Minas Tirith it's the most epic thing and it's a bunch of fires being lit on a, on different mm -hmm. mountains it's the most epic thing and it looks gorgeous and it like looks every gorgeous. single one is on like some epic like mountaintop and it's He's like come to New Zealand come to New Zealand. <laughs> Come to New Zealand. <laughs> She's like in the bottom corner. Shot New Zealand. Shot New Zealand. Shot New Zealand. Yeah. I love it. Same. I love this movie. Is that it? I mean, there's 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 plenty more to talk about. I'm sure. I'm just there's way too much stuff. We could literally just sit here and name moments we love, and probably be here another hour. Yeah, we'll just list off every scene in the movie. <laughs> yes. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
like I said, for the second one, I said I, I think I would prefer the theatrical cut overall. I, I haven't seen mm. that in years, but I think I would prefer that overall to the extended cut. I think for Fellowship and Return of the King, I prefer the extended cuts. Yep. Which is the strangest thing. Um, Which isn't to say there isn't stuff that is great in the extended version of The Two Towers. No. That's added. Um, specifically the stuff with Faramir. Um, I think all the stuff from the first half should be made yeah. the theatrical version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get a lot of extra background on Baromir and Faramir and Denethor yeah. and all that stuff from extended stuff in both Two Towers and this one that I think is very important. I just love how crazy Denethor is. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine like the, the guys that are just standing there where he's like, we're going to light my son on fire. He's <laughs> dead. And meanwhile, Pippin's just like, he's not dead. Can somebody else look at him for me? And all the other guys are just like, we got to follow his orders, man. <laughs> it's like, Who's this small child talking about? Seems to be pretty upset. Maybe he needs some candy. What's, what's this little girl talking about? <laughs> Speaking of which, Billy Boyd singing that that song over the creepy montage of Minotaur yeah. eating uh, sloppily <laughs> and uh, Faramir riding out to Osgilia. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's haunting. Yeah, it's beautiful. You you know what's great about that though? For the trailer to the third Hobbit movie they just took that song and yep. laid it over the trailer and it's terrible embarrassing yep shameful <laughs> pathetic just the worst all of the above a blight on mankind scratch that now it's all of the above <laughs> hobbit movies suck <laughs> That's all we're gonna upload for the next the next three weeks after we do Black Panther. It's just gonna be the Hobbit movies suck. Well, the the problem is I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try and keep a level head. I I know I won't be able to once we get to the third one. Same. It's mostly just for the first two. It's like how long can I just keep up my patience? Yeah. 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 I haven't even checked the running times for the, the extended versions. Oh god. Oh. Geez. Let's do that right now on air. Let's oh, let's let's do oh, that. No, this is uh-huh. I don't. This is not how I want to end the episode where we're celebrating this this magnum opus of cinema. I'm I'm looking it up. Any anything else we we want to talk about? I'm just dreading what you're going to tell me because it's probably going to be like five hours each. That's my expect. I'm just assuming they're each going to be five hours each. So nothing you say is going to make me more upset. Probably not sure. Let's see what, what is we this got reaction here. Giving me okay. Concerned. Oh, none of these are that bad. The suspense is killing me. Well, let me let me let me look this up just to be sure. I'm trying to cross-reference stuff and. Okay. Okay. What, what? Stop it! I, I, Google ads start You're popping. You struggling up. over there? Buddy? Yes, yes. Technology is not my friend right now. The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. It looks like it's 182 minutes, so that's just over three hours. The theatrical okay. cut is 169 minutes. Okay. Uh, Desolation of Smaug is 186 minutes, so that's not much longer. The theatrical cut is 161 minutes. Okay. That one's actually short. Interesting. Uh, the Battle of the Five Armies is 174 minutes. And the theatrical cut is 144 minutes. There's a half hour added to Battle what of the Five Armies. What did you do? I thought I couldn't be more upset, but I was 
the first two are, are about three like they're all about three hours I was expecting much worse oh, oh. I was expecting much worse I, I, I feel better now. I feel better now I don't ask me again in three weeks you're making it feel real <laughs> I don't want it to feel real so Return of the King Going back to the conversation, I don't know. There was just some weird blank space there for a while. I don't know. The Return of the King, though, it's great, right? Like, any other thoughts? Any other questions? It's pretty great that part where Eowyn just lops off the dude's the the, the, the dragon thingy's head, the fell beast head. There's so much violence. Pretty good. I love it. And then Aragorn just cuts <laughs> off the the head of the mouth of Sauron. Yeah. Just like, yep, he's dead now. Don't that's a, that's also a nice extended scene. Yeah. Where where he throws the um the little shirt at yep. them. And he's yeah. like, yeah, Frodo died. Which I don't understand exactly Sucker. what they're going for there as far as, like, is the idea that Sauron's people now, they know that there are hobbits? Because they don't have Frodo. Unless that orc just... Well, they they, they know because Pippin touched the, the Palantir at the beginning. They're like, they know a, a halfling has the ring. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they already knew that yeah. beforehand, too, because that's what the yeah. Urukai are hunting in the first one. But they um, just assumed the one that died was not the one with the ring, I guess, because it didn't have the ring. Well, on they don't know that they killed the halfling. They're just using it to freak all of them out there, and they're like, "Oh, we got the little. It's obviously hobbit size." So, well, go. but they, they they took him took that off Frodo though. Yeah. So they know they have a halfling. I don't know. I don't know. Confuse me a little. Yeah. <laughs> It's also a question of like, do the other orcs know that um, Kirithungal is that is that the location where Frodo's taken and Sam tries to save him, and all the orcs turn on each other? Yeah. It's like, do all the orcs that are traveling to the Black Gate do they even bother to check up there? It's like, hey guys, oh my god, they all <laughs> killed each other. Happens, oh my, happens every other week. Oh my <laughs> god, I gotta go tell the eye. <laughs> <laughs> to say, I gotta go tell my family I love them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. What a plot hole. F minus. It's a regular old Star Wars: The Last Jedi. You know what I'm saying? God. All right. So let's let's go ahead and do grades. I there there's so much more to talk about. We we probably just scratched the surface, but needless to say, we love this movie. Yes. A plus. A plus. For both of us. It's... Man. It, this movie is four hours and it's like so perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so weird how I excellent think, this movie is. I think is. that I have to give this the nod over Infinity War on my personal rankings. Just because... Oh my god! Well, well, I always knew that the Lord of the Rings movies were in there. But just... In the, in the contention there. But just because this is such... Like Avengers 4 could very easily... Not very easily, I should say. Could could potentially knock this off because of the emotional connection I have to that universe. But like, yeah. the emotional connection I have to this universe makes this payoff just so brilliant and so powerful and impactful and lovely. I'm sorry, I'm looking up the Wikipedia page for the Hobbit movies. <laughs> it has it has the the total sum of the trilogy for the the normal and the extended versions. 462 minutes for the theatrical, 532 for the extended. It's an entire extra hour. That's 70 minutes exactly added.
Can we get can we get this slim down cut? Can we get can, seventy minutes? Oh, I thought you were gonna say. I, I thought you were gonna say. Can we sucker Britain and Joseph into doing those episodes for us? <laughs> Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. I I need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently at this time. So so next week the plan is we're gonna do Black Panther yeah. as sort of our, a break before we have to do the Hobbit movies because. You know, obviously, Black Panther just came out on Blu-ray, and that's a movie we we both like. So yep. let's let's prolong the inevitable, shall we? So we've just, just the, uh, movies in theaters right now. We're doing Black Panther next week. We've got Infinity War, Deadpool two, and Solo. Yeah, are all in theaters right now. We're gonna have Jurassic World coming out soon. That's that's the only way. Ant-Man of the Wasp. If um, I force you to do Mission Impossible eventually, maybe. Probably not gonna do it by the time that the sixth one comes out, though. Um, Weirder things have happened. <laughs> I guess. Uh, that's like five movies basically that over the next like, yep. two months are going to be like yep self-sustaining content <laughs> self-sustaining content then the predator whenever that comes out oh yeah it's gonna be bad I'm I, just assuming that anything that comes out from the alien and or predator franchise is just gonna suck unless I, I learn otherwise when I watch it Shane Black gives me hope I Shane Black gives me some hope. You could tell me that um, Christopher Nolan was doing like an alien movie and I'd be like I'd rather just do something else. <laughs> like it would not my excitement would not You know what's funny? Focus Out of that. like all modern directors that I'd want to do an alien movie the first one that comes that came to mind just thinking about it was David Fincher. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, he already did the one that he disowned. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Well, maybe if he disowned that one, maybe he'll be like, all right, I'll do my first alien movie. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, Alien Predator, Back to the Future, Terminator. I need it. I don't. You tell me, Christopher Nolan's doing that. Now we're on, we're right on board. We're we're rolling full steam ahead. Let's make I, it happen. I do think Christopher Nolan would make a very good Terminator movie, but yes, that's very true. Uh, oh, mainly just because the storytelling mechanics in the Terminator universe play very well to his strengths as a director and a yeah. storyteller. Yeah, he likes playing with time. Uh, he likes focusing more on characters than mm -hmm. you know the 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 grand plot stuff. Although right. he he does like that stuff, but I, I don't know. Yep. The, the characters are always at the heart of the of his movies. Why'd you put that on my head? That's the only way I've I would... said that before. That's not the first time I've said that. I know, that. but then you sat there and you explained it. That's the, the See, I don't the... Christopher Nolan is he needs to remake Terminator. I don't like as much as I'm excited for Tim Miller to do it cuz I you know that that just seems like a very nice fit mm. for Tim Miller as well. And, and like it sounds like they they've got a great cast. Linda Hamilton's coming back. Mackenzie mm. Davis is in it, which we called yeah. months ago. Yeah. And when we did our fan cast, <laughs> where it's just all actors and actresses from *Halt and Catch sure. Fire*. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Britain, for that one. I don't know. Ter it, Terminator is kind of in the. It's not quite in the same boat as *Alien* and *Predator* for me. I don't want any more *Terminator*. But Unless we're doing like like something really out there, like a Christopher Nolan yeah. reboot. Yeah. I don't know. And like I said, reboot, not remake. I don't want the same story told over again. I want sure. you to do something new with that. Sure. I don't know how you do that, but that's why you get something as creative as Christopher Nolan to do. Yeah. And also, don't have it be like it has to be a franchise. Just do a one-off. It's fine. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah, it's I not. It's not gonna about, happen. But. So I've been I've been watching the Infinity War box office. Infinity War. 
Let's do an amazing in the box. Let's go up to like. We didn't talk about Return of the Kings winning all the Oscars. Sure. Yeah. We can do it. Do we need to say any more on that, or just the well, fact my, that minus the fact that they didn't? They won like pretty much everything except for the acting awards, right. which I just find so strange. Yeah. You, I think Sean Astin. The problem I think is that it's such a. There's so many characters. No one's up for like. Oh, here's a, here's best actor. Like you. Well, you can't do a best actor because it's an ensemble thing. Yes. It's like is Elijah Wood the the, yeah. the main actor? Is it is it Viggo Mortensen? Like who's the yeah. who's the main actor? In yes. This? Um. Same with main actress. Like you, you can't really do that. But feels like supporting actor i think we were we were talking about this while we were watching we were like sean astin and ian mckellen should should yes. be the, the nominees yeah. yeah for that they both i think should have been considered yeah yeah um were they nominated do you know i don't i don't know if anyone from lord of the rings okay. was nominated for the acting stuff fascinating i just know that like elijah woods talked about this they're like yeah we just they, we, we kept having to walk up there for different things they, <laughs> they just kept sending different people from lord of the rings up there yeah. and it's like what is happening <laughs> yeah which is wonderful that that happened. Like, that's... Yeah. The most recognition... Justice, justice was done for once. I hate the Oscars, but that's amazing. I mean, that's the most recognition that this sort of side of the genre it's has gotten. It's just so like, strange that they just swept it. Yeah. Like, no contest. They, they just yeah. wrecked the Oscars. Yeah. It makes me happy. Don't know that I this The Desolation of Smaug did the exact same thing, only it was at the Razzies. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even consider the Battle of the Five Armies. They thought it was too easy. Um Yeah. This guy is, dressed as a woman stuffing gold coins down his bra. Nah, we don't need it. <laughs> this is maybe, maybe if it was Adam Sandler. This, this is the most impressive cinematic achievement. Yes. Of History. We we've had this discussion before where it's it's either the MCU or the Lord of the it's, Rings trilogy. It's, it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, mostly because the MCU is a mixed bag in terms of quality. Yes. It's, it's not. It's never bad. It's it it has a good it has a good floor. Yes. Um, the ceiling is not always as high as it could be. Yeah. But yeah, it's, the, it's this just, is just incredible. Like, I there's so much in this in these movies. That I don't understand how they did it. Yep, I really don't. Um, but I was gonna say, I've been tracking the Infinity War box office because I'm—I don't know—I like numbers, I guess. <laughs> I like to look at numbers and be like superheroes. Well, you are the um, one that collected all of our grades, and you're yep. like, here's the average for each yep. series. Um, I wouldn't have put in that effort. <laughs> but the Infinity War—it's doing amazing. It's up to like six hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, six hundred million dollars. Uh, at six hundred dollars—that's enough to buy like a fancy camera. <laughs> some good movies with that uh no it's up to like 600 million dollars some little stop motion thing with legos <laughs> yeah uh i don't know lego sets <laughs> um anyway it's up to like 600 dollars domestic so north america and i think yeah i think that's just north america um so it's like up to 600 million there which is like sixth best of all time and it's looking like it'll probably get up to like maybe fourth or third somewhere in that range black panther has just shot Ahead, so Black Panther's doing really amazing. It might make it to seven hundred million. Star Wars: The Force Awakens made it, and and keep in mind that domestic box office is like probably the most desirable for us because um, I know there's something I don't know exactly how this works, but I know that they get a, lot, a much bigger portion of the cut for the domestic box office yeah. than they do for inter international. More, not that they not more that than China. Not that they're going to turn down. 
uh, whatever they made, like $1.2 billion in the rest of the world. But domestic China, box office. the only is, movies that make money are Fast and Furious so, and Transformers. And Infinity War now. And Infinity War. Age of Ultron did really well there, too. Well, um, that. Robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Given our pattern, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, the. So, I don't have the list on, offhand. Basically, like, Titanic, Avatar, um, Infinity War now, Black Panther. I feel like there might be something else I'm missing. The, that Half of those movies are good. <laughs> it's Titanic and Avatar, right? That's... <laughs> no. Categorically, <laughs> false. Um, those movies all made in like the 600s, I believe. Oh, Jurassic World as well is in that range. So those are all like the 600 million range. 40% of those movies <laughs> are good. Wait, what are we going for here? Okay, so, okay. Um, I like Jurassic World. I don't think it's very good. <laughs> um, anyway, 600 million domestic grocers. You've got you've got those like five movies, right? You know where Force Awakens is? It's at like five billion. <laughs> no, but legitimately, it's almost it it almost made it to a billion. Yeah, in in just the U.S. It's like three hundred million dollars ahead of the competition. It's it's it was the and, perfect storm. Well, the reason I bring that up is not you were not just, not the movie The Perfect Storm sure. starring George Clooney. You were, it's you not were what just, I'm talking about. You either. were just talking about the fact that you don't want more. You would just want them to do a spinoff, a, a Terminator, a Terminator movie, no spinoffs, no sequels, nothing. Just give us the Terminator movie. What do you ex- it, only because I think that's the only way they, they could get Christopher Nolan sure, to do probably, it? Probably. Um, th- people complain so much about Disney trying to run Star Wars into the ground with their new tr- they're they got the new trilogy going they're giving because JJ, they are JJ they're giving they're Ryan a jo- bunch of SJW hacks that's correct uh, they're giving Ryan Johnson a, a trilogy they're doing they just did Solo they're doing an Obi-Wan movie they did Rogue One people are like oh my gosh they're giving us way too much Star Wars what do you expect them to do when they make that kind of money <laughs> what would you possibly expect a normal business to do you can you cannot like the system that's fine but what other logical move would you just expect them to be like we're gonna make a trilogy oh look this trilogy just made ridiculous amounts of money yeah that's fine we'll just put it on the shelf what would you have them do Does it, doesn't Eowyn say that to, to Theoden in this <laughs> where he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna have you be in charge that way you can lead the people of Rohan if I go and she's like what else would you have me do <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> I don't know what I've, you expected when that movie made that much money. It's absurd. Um, oh, Last Jedi is in that group as well, as far as the six hundred million. So that was another thing as well. So again, I don't, I don't like a third of those movies are good. <laughs> Where do we? I don't even. Whatever. Um, yeah, it's I. I'm. And they're both. Marvel. I'm not saying that there's not a problem with the system and the because fact there is that the the. The way that Hollywood feeds off of, of greed and everything, like that's that's I don't like that. But I I, it, I think we should note Harvey Weinstein is a is an executive producer on the Lord of the sure, Rings movies. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, even perfection can be corrupted. Them running the Star Wars franchise into the ground is the most logical thing in the world for them yeah and they're i think they're gonna they're handling that better and will continue to handle that better than any other studio would do doesn't mean it's still not going to get on everyone's nerves eventually but no, i think sony could do a pretty good job that would be something 
they 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 do the prequel team up movie with like all the characters in the prequels that just sort of that people would sort of love because of their visuals and nothing else. Mm-hmm. They would they would I I they'd have the after credit sequence where it... <laughs> I want a movie. It's a, it's a rip off of the Hangover. It's Darth Maul, General Grievous, Jar Jar, Mace Windu. They go out for for a crazy a crazy weekend at Canto Bite. And they, they, <laughs> and they lose, they, they get drunk, they get high, they lose Darth Maul, they don't know where he is. Turns out he's on the roof! <laughs> we gotta Without get him, any legs! We gotta get him back for his wedding! George <laughs> Jar Binks will obviously be the Zach Galifianakis proxy. Starring Melissa McCarthy. Starring Melissa McCarthy! <laughs> no, she's playing Mace Windu! <laughs> I don't. Melissa McCarthy is. I. I have no real like. As far as Hollywood actresses go, no, you she's look. she's talented. She just chooses. Yeah. Very easy. I just. I just find her a very easy paycheck. Funny character to throw into in these situations because she. I feel like she is well, one of the more. She's in the third Hangover. There you go. Perfect. It's a spinoff. <laughs> oh lord. So Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Yeah. Excellent movie. Spectacular. Um. If you haven't watched it in a while, go back and watch it. Especially the extended cut. Yes. Do well, watch all of them, but, you know. Yes. This, this was one super special. I think the problem is, seeing this as an early age, the, the epic third movie that's just the the biggest thing ever. Yeah. All other third movies are just going to fail. Not even within the context of their own yeah. trilogies, but compared to this, they're going to fail. Yeah. What about a fourth movie? we'll see see no i i'm very excited for that because i think that that might be the closest thing to this kind of cinematic experience that we're going to get in a while and for a while well that's not technically a fourth movie that's i don't count that i don't don't count why not infinity war part two i don't i don't count i don't count it's gonna it's avengers four it's avengers four but there's all there's other movies that feed into it. I, I, that okay, doesn't okay. count for me. What about a culmination of a series? <laughs> Whatever, fine. <laughs> like the biggest thing I was thinking of was like Dark Knight Rises, where it's just right. like it, it's is this quote unquote it's this epic thing. You've got all these armies charging at each other, but it's just like the scale is not the same. The scale is not the same, and I know that they're going for two completely different things. Yes. but uh, just nothing, nothing compares to this. It will be very interesting to After watch. seeing this, George Lucas should have gone, I'm going to step up my game for Revenge of the Sith. It's going to be like this. Peter Jackson should have just directed Star Wars Episode 3 instead of <laughs> King Kong. Yep. And Lawrence Kasdan should have written it, because after seeing Solo, I have decided that Lawrence Kasdan should write Star Wars now and forevermore. So maybe maybe you're not... Done deal, right? Maybe you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan. You're a hardcore Lord's Castan fan. And that's... <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so Black Panther does week. Does he call him Big F in that? Is that a, am I making that up? Doesn't he say something I, I like, see you around, Big F? Uh, something like that. He entertains me in that movie. I have a weird fascination with... Anyway... Sure. Return of the King. Return of the King. Excellent. Go watch it. Yep. Go watch these movies. They are a treasure, and we do not deserve them. Go buy that extended edition box set. It's glorious. And it's watch the all the special features. It's the greatest. Listen to all the commentaries. Yes. Do it all. It's the greatest Blu-ray production ever. 
my one complaint. I wish they did include the theatrical cuts yeah. with with those. Because for two towers, what would, what, what probably... would an extra three CDs really be? You know, <laughs> you've already got twenty. It's fine. Well, even if they're just like DVD quality, like yeah. so, it's like it's smaller. We can fit more stuff on yeah. it. That's fine. Just something. Yeah. So, so Black Panther next week. Yep. Excited about that. Should be good. Yep. Should be a good time. I know, I know I was a little low on that when we first saw it, but I I, I just rewatched it because I picked it up a couple days ago, and I, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit more. Okay. All right. Well, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can find us through Twitter at HCGSequels. And we're also on YouTube and iTunes. If you just go ahead and give that a little search, find us right quick. Yes. Any other thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? I don't know, I've just been thinking about King Kong for like the past five minutes. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll I talk to you next I week. I could be wrong. I think there's an extended cut to that, too. That's amazing. No, it's not. It's All ter- he knows it's... how to do anymore. He just can't, he can't... He can't make it shorter. He can direct. He can't edit. Yeah. Lord. All right. Artist subjective. Nothing is real. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye.